Welcome to season three of the Change the World podcast. I'm your host, Sivya Kohn. As CEO of 14 Minds, a marketing agency that works exclusively with Jewish nonprofits, I am a firsthand witness to the incredible physical, spiritual, and emotional services these organizations provide to our community. However, I also see the many challenges they face along the way. This season, I'll be speaking to incredible nonprofit leaders who haven't let any obstacles get in the way of their mission to change the world. Good morning, and thank you for all who's listening. Today, I have with me Moshe Eisenberg, who is the Director of Strategic Partnerships at NCSY. Moshe, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Wonderful. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So a tiny bit of background here. I was really just scrolling through LinkedIn on, and a post of Moshe's popped up and I just found myself really struck by his title, Director of Strategic Partnerships. Don't know if I've ever come across that before. And I was particularly intrigued because I've been talking a lot about and thinking a lot about strategic partnerships and what that looks like for nonprofit organizations. So I said, you know what? I want to talk to this guy. I think that he might have a lot to say. So we had a quick chat and I was right. So <laughs> that's why we're here. I, I, I've never been accused of having a little to say. That's for sure. <laughs> that's, it's a compliment. Yeah. So can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your background. Sure. I'm Moshe Eisenberg. I uh, grew up and lived my whole life in Chicago. I uh, married with three children, three beautiful, adorable, genius children. And I, uh, I've been involved in nonprofits through one way or another, basically since my since I got married. So basically for 23 years, I've been involved, started working at NCSY in the Midwest for Chicago, for the Chicago chapter in 2000. And the way I came about that was my mother, Alain Shalom, told me that if I wanted to get engaged, I needed to get a job. So I, I called my friends and I said, where can I get a job? Quick. And my friend said, well, you know, you're really good at camp and you were a counselor, you were a head counselor at this camp, that camp, the other camp, whatever. And, uh, you know, you should, you should try NCSY. And so, uh, and so I did. And uh, I got hooked on what they do. I, I think it's fantastic. And I was involved with them for, uh, for 16 years. I went to the private sector for five years and then sold out of the business that I was in. And I got a call from NCSY asking me if I wanted to come back in a national capacity. And I, I say, absolutely. So I was uh, happy to do that. And even when I was out, I was, I was still in as a member of the, the board locally. And uh, I've been involved in, in nonprofits forever. I think it's something that's been ingrained in me from my, from my parents. And, and it's just something that is important to me and my wife and, and even our children are, are involved in various nonprofits, Jewish and, and non-Jewish. Uh, they just, they want to help. So proud to be a part of it. That's really special. I hear that a lot, that it becomes really very much a family thing, which is so special. So can you tell us a little bit about NCSY? Because I think I thought I knew. And then just speaking to you, I realized like I, I really don't know very much. So yeah. I know there's probably a lot to say, but on, the, on a high level point of view. Yeah, there, there is a lot to say. But I guess from, from if I was going to broaden it, I would say NCSY it has become a point of, of inspiration and a, a place that, that teenagers can go regardless of your background. So we've evolved. It used to be predominantly public school kids that, that we've, you know, we've been catering to. And now it's really, it's really a nice mix, probably 60, 40 of public school kids versus day school kids that they need this informal education boost to kind of get themselves out of what, what they know as rote, you know, doing things out of rote 
and just doing things, you know, because we have to, because the school tells us to. And they, they have this love and this fabrent for Yiddishkeit that they come with and, and they leave with, which is unmatched. And parents tell me all the time that I, I don't know what happened to my kid. I had a phone call the other day. I, I don't know what he did to my kid. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you, you know, you told me that the kid would be a different kid when he came back from the program. I didn't even realize. And I, this kid was not necessarily a religious kid. And I got a little nervous. I said, oh, oh, like, is he, you know, is he like a fanatic? He said, no, he's just a nicer kid. So it's a holistic approach to dealing with, with teenagers now. And we try to be the answer. We don't necessarily, we can't necessarily give them the answer for everything, but we try to be the, the reference point so that we can, we can direct them to what they're, what they're trying to, uh, trying to get to. And, and thank God people have been part of this, not to delve right into the partnership, but part of this partnership idea was that there are, there are organizations that they want to help. And it, it's a great way for us to, to combine resources and to be able to accomplish the main goal, which is Jewish continuity, continued inspired Jewish leaders. And, and to this day, we're seeing 29,000 kids worldwide, but that's, that's nothing. I mean, it's, that number should be quadruple. It's not, at least it's nothing. So we, we need more, we need more people to, uh, to kind of, you know, help us to, to, to spread the word, let, let people know what NCSY is doing. Uh, I'll tell you that there's a, another almost segment of NCSY, which is the NCSY summer program. And many of your listeners are probably familiar with NCSY Kolel or Michlela and things like that. And we have kids that don't even go to an NCSY program throughout the year who just take advantage, and I mean that in a, in a good way, of the NCSY summer programs because it's, it's there for them. And so if they can, if they can spend a summer with NCSY and, you know, learning in, uh, in Moshe Beit Meir for, for, for eight weeks in, in Kolo, they're going to do it. And it's, it's exciting and there's sports and there's fun and they come back different people. So NCSY right now has a, has a, Baruch Hashem, a tremendous reach and, and things are always going on. We have new ideas on the horizon that we're, we're, you know, looking to, to begin and, and we're always trying to evolve with the times because there is so much. There is so much that teenagers have exposure to that you and I, when we were teenagers, didn't have, that it's, we're always competing against something. So let's take a step back and talk about your role, because it sounds like NCSY is doing a lot, and I'm sure there's a lot of different people sure. um, that's part of it. So you're the director of strategic partnerships. Yes. What does that mean? Okay. So for me, you know, there are people who are fundraisers, and I happen to love fundraising. I, I do. And I get excited about it. I, you know, I'm passionate about it. To me, fundraising isn't just asking someone for, for money and, and leaving. For me, it's, it's about partnerships. And it's not about partnerships necessarily just with a donor. But you have to think out of the box. And I think people are afraid to think out of their Dalamos because of lots of different reasons, including the territorial. You know, it's my territory. I don't want to, if I call up, if I call up organization B, then and tell them about this lead I have, then you know they're going to take it from me. I, I come with a different attitude, I, I, and, and not to say that other people don't have this attitude, but I come with it. You know, babysitter's in charge, and and uh, you know part of my job is to to direct people to where they can go. I have tremendous thank God relationships with the local Chabad in Chicago. I have tremendous relationships with the conservative programs in Chicago, the Zionistic programs in Chicago. I mean, we, we work with, we work with everybody, um, modern Orthodox, the Aguda. I mean, really everybody. And thank God NC is in a good place where, where everybody appreciates what we do. And, and they see that we're here to, we're here to partner with them. It will, you know, when possible, 
you know, so strategic partnership means that you are able to point out to an organization that not only do you understand the mission of the organization that you work for, but you want to try to understand their mission as well. And if you want to make a true partnership in anything, you have to really know both sides. And so I try to learn up any organization, any business, any donor that I'm, that I'm going to. I try to learn up as much as I can about them because I think it's important not to just be tongue in cheek and say, oh, we know you care about Claudia's Show. You know, it, it, you really got to know where are they donating to? Where is, their, where is their money going and why is it going there? What are they passionate about? And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But when you think strategically on, on how we can grow, because everybody's mission is the same, to, to grow and get bigger and to evolve. And with the economy, the way it, it ebbs and flows and, and donors sometimes come and cutting back and sometimes not. And so you don't know what it's going to be. It's very important for people to start thinking about how we can partner and how we can share resources and how, you know, if there's money coming into one organization for one thing, maybe another organization could facilitate that thing and everybody's happy. So what do you tell people who have that initial reaction of what you said? Like, I'm afraid of giving up my resource or my connection. What do you tell them? Yeah, so I, I get that a lot from people because I'm happy to help people who call me from all over and want to, you know, pick my brain on, on on different things. And we talk about fundraising. It's always interesting for me to talk to new people and hear their challenges and tell them mine. I, it really is getting out of your comfort zone. It, it really, really is. And it boils down to one thing. Why are you doing this? If you're doing what you're doing to benefit Claudia's show, which I would hope most people are doing it to benefit Claudia's show, then the rest of it shouldn't matter. You know, and that's the bottom line is that, you know, you can only do what you can do. Well, you're afraid that one guy is going to give his million dollars to them and not to us. Let me tell you something. The guy is giving that much money, some family, the, the foundation, whatever. It's not their last million dollars. And what goes around comes around. And there's so many different other uh, little comments you can make to, similar to that. But the end of the day is why are you doing it? And if you're doing it for the CPUP and NAFESH and, and, and for understanding that this is what I want to do, I want to help Claudia Israel, then let's figure out how to help it together. I love that answer because there's no comeback. Like, no, they, they, they usually, right. I mean, you can't say, no, I'm, I'm in it for the money. Right. So, right. Not out loud anyway. Right. And, and you can't say that, you know, you're, you're, um, you know, you're in it for, uh, because you couldn't, you couldn't get hired anywhere else. I mean, you just, you know, and the truth of the matter is it, the, the people that end up weeding themselves out anyway, the people who, who really aren't into it and aren't, aren't about it, you know, but there are people who, to their credit, I, I, I used to be like this. This wasn't always my mentality. I used to be like, you know, this is my city. It's my donors. It's my whatever. But I think I've, I've grown and learned that that's just, that's a, an immature kind of silly, narrow-minded uh, outlook. So can you give me some real life examples of partnerships that you facilitated and talk a little yeah. bit about how they went? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm going to tell you about two. The first one I'll tell you about is about a local organization uh, in Chicago who focuses that they do, they do different work with, um, they have a food pantry, they have a clothing gamas, they have, they pay for social workers in schools. There, there's really nothing that they, this particular organization doesn't touch. And I have been schmoozing with the head of this organization for years and years and years. 
Um, we talked about challenges, about struggles and the things like that. And I sat down with him two years ago and he was telling me about one of the problems that he's having is that teenagers uh, today are, are, you know, he's hearing the teenagers today, they don't have anything to do. And it's, it's taking them down a bad path. You know, they're bored, they're, it gets them, they're, they're sh- I'm not a, I'm not a uh, licensed mental health worker in any, way, in any way, but, you know, they get sad, they get depressed. It's a, it's a bad monster for them. And parents have, have reached out, what can be done? And I said, well, hold on a second. I said, you know, you know what I do? So yeah, I know what you do. I said, well, maybe we can combine some forces here. Um, you've got, you've got resources that we could use. There's some money that you have for this program. There's some, there's, there's actual work, right? Setting up the gamach, setting up the food pantry. You need, you need help on Rosh Hashanah and Pesach and delivering things. And I've got a bunch of teens that we can set up a whole chesed initiative and we can do it. And he said, what do you need? And I said, well, this is the amount of money we need. We got to hire someone. We're going to hire a full-time person and they're going to do it. And, and we're, we're on our second or third year already of this program. And everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. The parents love it. The kids love it. Um, when you see kids who are putting, you know, these are day school kids as well as yeshiva, yeshiva school kids, as well as day school kids, as well as, uh, as well as public school kids. And you see that they're, they're loading food into a person's car for, you know, anonymously, they don't really know who they are anyway. They're putting it in the trunk of a car and, and you say, how was it? And I say, I never really realized how much people like need this stuff. You know, I live in my suburb or I live in my, you know, my Daladamos. I, you know, I go to school, I come back and I, I, I never realized. So you're, the kids feel like they're making a difference. That's, that's one idea of a partnership. Another idea of a partnership is we also run, we run teen relief missions. And we'll send kids to Puerto Rico and tends to Houston to, and kids to New Orleans. We've got a group of kids going to Houston this week. Um, I've been in Puerto Rico a couple of times and it's not like, ah, Puerto Rico. It's like, we're, we're, we're fixing hurricane stuff. You know, the kids get up at six, they go in a van for two hours and they're picking up, and you can look at the, the website has information on it, but you can, you can see they're picking up garbage. And we had a company call us up who was very involved with, wanted to get more involved with their ESG, the Environment Social Governance, you know, their involvement in that. And they said, maybe we can do something together. And I said, absolutely, we can. I said, why don't you come to our mission? And these, these guys, there was one Jewish guy who works for the company, but he didn't even come. The rest of them were not Jewish. And they stayed in their own hotel. They ate their own food, but they came to work and they were, they, they inspired the kids by telling them how you guys are 17, 16, 17, 18 years old, and you're, you're literally picking up trash for someone that you don't know. And yes, of course, you know, we, we bring a barbecue and we make, it, we make it as fun as we can, but it was raining. I remember it really, really well. It was raining. It was not pleasant. Everyone was in hazmat suits. It was, you know, it was, it was uh, at night they had a good time and things like that. But the end of the day is they came to work and the head of this company is big senior vice president who had paid for, who had paid for his own cameraman to come to get their pictures that they were doing it. It was great. But, you know, to be able to, to hear him say, wow, I know, now I know why you guys are, are called the chosen people. That hits home, no matter how observant you are or non-observant you are. Right. And that's, that was the conversation on the way back. You know, this, this feeling of there's a phrase, tikkun olam, which goes around all the time. I think, Many of us forget that we say tikkun olam several times the day when we when we say aleinu, right? We say lasake olam, and this is this is what we 
we want to do. And this is what, you know, we want to do it. And, and you know, it's to, to be, to be Matadi Shashem. And I think that we're, we're providing that ability. So it helped us because, you know, they, they obviously were able to pay for some of the, some of the work that we were doing, you know, all this stuff, the scholarship stuff, these, a lot of these kids need scholarships or they, they're paying on their own. So it, it's, it's thinking out of the box, going to businesses, going to, going to nonprofits and not just going to donors uh, and foundations, but also realizing that at the end of the day, you have to expand your horizons. You have to expand your reach. Otherwise, um, you, you can't grow the way you really should. So how did that donor get to you? How do you make those connections? Similar to the way we make connections, uh, you and I, they, they will see a post on LinkedIn or they will, they will see an email that went out or they'll literally stumble on, you know, a relief mission. If you put in team relief mission, I think the only thing you'll find is, is, is teen relief missions. Um, NCSY's teen relief mission is the only mission in the world. I have not found another one, regardless Jewish or not Jewish, that does only works with teens, bringing teens to different sites. I mean, we, we brought teens to uh, Romania uh, recently to work with the displaced Ukrainian Jewish orphanage that is in Romania. So, so we're, we're, you know, we're always expanding our reach on that. And we're, we're, you know, people see it, they read about it and we, we do our best to, to spread the word and people connect with people and they, they, you know, they think it's a great idea and they, they're excited about it. I, I guess I want to know, like, I always like to ask about challenges. Like, it's great to hear the stories that went well, but I've been in this industry long enough to know that there's a lot of things that can come up along the way. So has there ever been an experience where you had a partnership ready to go, person A, person B, it sounds like it's going well, and then something came up that you had to sort of work through or made the whole thing fall apart? And, you know, I, I would love to hear about how you dealt with that. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be challenges when it comes to what's the end game and people are, you know, are going to be suspicious as to why you want to really partner with them, right? Well, if you partner with us, then that means that you're going to, it's going to open us to your, it's, we're going to, op, you're going to open us to your donors, you're going to open us to our, our donors or, you know, or something like that. There's going to be challenges. I, I could tell you that there's also the challenge of, you know, NCSY is a, is a kosher program. And, and we, you know, Shomer Shabbos, Shomer Alacha, and, and, you know, although our, many of our teens are not, our program is. And so, you know, to, to have people come to our program uh, and stay in the same hotel or something like that who are not is, is always a challenge. And I, I think there are always ways to work. There's a challenge that I don't think you can overcome. I, I think that you're put in positions to, with challenges because you are the person that can overcome it if you just try hard enough. And, and so you really have, it really starts with the willingness of, do you really want to see this work if we can make this work or not? It, it's like when you're closing on a house, right? Or, or closing on a company or closing on a business or doing a business deal. Okay, here's the business deal. It's a handshake. But we all know that that handshake could last a years before it's actually completed. And there's always the, these, these little, these little you know, I's that need to be dotted, T's that need to be crossed. And so I think that um, you know, specifically, we've had issues where, where organizations say, well, why would I want to do that? You're going to, you're then going to see all my donors and I'm going to, and it really has to be trust. Some have, have not worked that well, but most have. And, and most, most understand that when, when you talk to them, when I talk to them or someone from our staff talks to them, that it's, listen, this is, meet us, come see us, you know. We won't, you want me to put in writing that I won't go after your person? I'll put it in writing. I mean, it won't make a difference. The end, the end of the day, everyone benefits. We've, we've partnered on, on things with 
the Holocaust museums. I mean, we, we've partnered with, with a lot of people. We're proud to have our, our logo on many different organizations if we can. And again, I, I think you have to go back to the question of the way I deal with the challenges by saying, why do you do what you do? Because if you do what you do for your own organization's benefit and to, to further your mission only, then, then, okay, if you don't see the value, I'll try to find, I'll try to show you the value add that we bring. But if you don't see the value add, I can't, I can't convince you. My job is not to convince people that that is not my job. My job is not to convince people that, that a partnership is a good idea. My job is to point out that a partnership is a good idea. And I understand both sides, I think. And your job as someone who is listening would be to say, either yes or, well, you don't really understand our organization. And that's, that also happened where it's like, no, you, you know, I, I appreciate that you think we do this, but that's really not, that's really a small, small, tiny piece. Uh, we, I had a conversation with, with a big organization here. They're in the teen space, we're in the teen space, and we offer them a lot to basically come in and, and run, their, run their programs for them. It's not, it's not their bread and butter. We had big backers, big donors who talked to them and said, this is a great idea. You know, TSY knows the team space. And I spoke to the CEO and, uh, and their response was absolutely not. We, we, we like the fact that we do this and it's a non-starter. Okay, so does that mean the answer is no for me? No, every, of course not. Every no is not yet to me. So it's it just, it's in the back, it's in the back burner. But it's something that I want to get done. We, we've had people, we've had donors who say, I give, I give lots, I give millions to this organization that does teamwork. I don't want to repeat, you know, recreate the wheel. Uh, again, does that mean it's no? No, to this day, I'm still working on that donor to try to find a way that, that you know, there's something that we do that he isn't funding. So I, I, I don't, I look at challenges as, as things that are presented before me because Dave Mister wants me to see if I can, if I can jump over that. Otherwise, I won't even have them. So it's uh, it's worth it. So basically, you have to you have to be ready to hear no and turn them around. Like if you're going to get into this, because it's not no, no, but no, but you also have to be able to accept no. Uh, to me, no is 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 better than maybe, um, because no means again not yet. Uh, but then but then I can move on, and I can approach them uh, in a later date. Uh, maybe you're you know you're still hanging on you're still hanging on the, this hope of maybe, and, and, and you don't know what'll happen. And so you, you, you don't know how much koach to, to put in. But when you talk about something that is a, a no, uh, you think that for the time and you, you always end up with, you know, okay, great. Can I, you mind if I follow up in, in a few months? And the answer to that is always yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I want to talk about something you and I spoke about separately off here. To talk a little bit about businesses and partnering specifically with businesses on the corporate world, because from what I'm seeing, the, the small picture, what I'm seeing happening in the Jewish world, I think there is a tremendously untapped resource in the form of strategic partnerships with businesses that are not just mission aligned, but also mutually beneficial. Something that really will come back to the business's bottom line um, in a way that's win-win for everybody. But what I'm finding as I'm speaking to people is this kind of feels like anti-Jewish, where we're kind of raised at charity and things like Chesed are, are things you're supposed to be humble about. Like it's, it's not, it doesn't count if you talk about it. So just, I, w- I would love to dive into that a little bit in terms of your experience, your opinion on that. Yeah, so I, I disagree with that premise. 
Um, I think that, you know, again, businesses, whether they're Jewish owned or not, businesses are given their, their Parnassah from not from, from, not from anybody, it's from Shemayim. And what you do with that money is, is really, you know, you're, you're responsible for it. You're the caretaker of that money. What you do with it is, is very important. Um, I've never met a Balsavaka who, who gives money and, and says, I've lost money, ever. I've, I've always had someone that says, I gave money, and because I give money, something good happened. Um, you know, I, I, even if it's, I, went out of my, I went out of my way to do this, uh, something good happened. A lot of times we see sponsorships on, on different events of, of people's companies. Why do they do that? They really, I had a conversation last night with a guy who's putting his name on a tournament, and I said, are you really getting, like, business? out of this? Like, are you? And he said to me, um, I don't know. He says, but it's, it's, it's goodwill. And if nothing else, it shows that we, we care. And I think that that's a, a big deal. I, I, you know, the, the problem that if I'm on the business side of things, the problem is that, well, Moshe, if I give you this money, every organization is going to be on my door. That, that's a challenge that, that they're right about. But the answer that I tell them is the same answer I gave them when I was giving money as a business, which is, I appreciate it, and I know you're a worthy cause, but this is really what I care about right now, and so this is really what I want to fund heavily right now. And it might not be teenage, you know, work. You know, it might be Rosie Holland Cancer Society, or it might be, you know, High Lifeline, or it might be something, something like that, and that's, that's fair. But I think businesses should realize that they have an opportunity to expand their clientele, to expand their good image, to expand their, you know, to expand their horizons as, to, as their outreach. And I think that non, non-Jewish businesses have, have done this recently in the form of giving grants. Uh, the Walton Foundation, Sam Walton Foundation, a few years back, gave a big grant to the Aguda. I mean, this, you know, there, there are, there are people that are making waves. Talk about this um, this organization we were talking about with the food pantry. I mean, they're they're getting lots of donations from Gerber Baby Food and and you know the Pampers diapers and all these things that are that are being given to them. So yeah, in the, the the challenge that I think we have uh, on our end from a, from a nonprofit standpoint is to get to that right decision maker. That's that's a tough one. But if you're lucky enough to know the decision maker, to know the CEO, to know the to know the owner of that company. And you can show them that there's, listen, there's a value add. We've got, we've got 30,000, 29,000, 30,000 teens that we're dealing worldwide. Those teens, you know, for the most part have, have families, for the most part have a reach. And what's wrong with putting your company name on the back of a, uh, of a Shabbaton flyer or something. And people see that it's, it's, uh, it's a company that, that gives back. And, and that's going to get you when you're looking in the supermarket, when you're looking at a, at a choice between one or the other, um, you know, you might pick a, a, an LG washer dryer versus a, uh, versus a GE because you know that LG sponsored a bike ride or something. So th- there is absolutely a, an advantage. Now there are some services Okay, there are some services that you don't really, you may not really have that advantage. So, for example, if you're in the medical supply space, for example, but you, you're in your family, your personal family, whatever, is not, you're not buying medical supplies. You can't even buy medical supplies from this company. They're, they're a wholesaler, right? So, how does a company like that benefit? Simple. A company like that benefits because, again, our reach 
And you never know if the owner of the person that, that is buying, you know, durable medical equipment is, is looking at this and it could see that, that, um, you know, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna get it. I'll tell you a, a, a great story that I just heard from Dr. Jonathan Donath, who is a friend of mine. And Dr. Donath told me, uh, Jonathan, he told me that he was contemplating daily giving. He was a chiropractor. He is a chiropractor. I don't know if you know the story, but he was- He was on the podcast. I think it was season three, episode one. Okay. <laughs> I don't okay. know. Okay. Like, Maybe he told you this story, um, but he said he started daily giving. I, I just heard this recently. And, you know, daily giving was taking off. And then all of a sudden he gets a phone call from this, from this company that they want to buy his practice, which again is, is, and he told me in the chiropractic world, like, you know, that just doesn't happen. You know, it's not like a commodity. You just buy, you know what I mean? It's, it's not something that's easily bought and sold. But, but, you know, he says that who knows, there's a list of, of setting this up. It could be that that's what happens. And I think that again, you never know where it's going to be. So if people, if people are willing to take that jump, and that leap and say, okay, you know what? I, I don't know. I, you know, fine. Here's, here's my accounting firm. Uh, you know, let's see what happens. It, it could very well happen that, and we see it all the time. If you think about it, commercials on television or on radio or on podcasts always say, you know, this is uh, you know, the, the Coca-Cola foundation proudly sponsored by the Coca-Cola foundation or whatever. The back of your head. Cause I, I do have an MBA in marketing. I, I went to graduate school for, for too many years and I, you know, and part of that is that mentality of how are you, how are you marketing to the people? And, and, you know, in your brain, you're thinking about these good things that, that are associated with this product. So, you know, it's the same reason why, why, uh, why I, I'm sure your listeners know about Kanye and Adidas. It's the same reason why, uh, you know, Adidas dumped, dumped Kanye, you know, it, 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 it's a bad association. So the, the opposite of that is you companies, big or small, want to have good associations. And I know people who are really writing the checks on their own, but they want their company name. So they'll throw a company name on there just for that reason, to, to get them that good feeling. So I, I appreciate all of that. I want to just quickly put in my two cents about what you said about um, companies being afraid if they sponsor one, then they'll be inundated. And it is a real fear because everyone is looking for funds. So a little bit of advice I read in, in a great book about strategic partnerships that I read recently called Smart Giving is Good Business. Anybody wants to read it? But they suggest, which I think is just great, that every business should get very, very clear on their mission and set up giving guidelines that align with their mission. And they can have a page on their website or something they send out to people who come with requests and just say, well, we, we know every cause is really important in order to expand our impact and do the best we can with our charitable giving. We support funds that, you know, fall into these categories. And I think Cross River is great at that. They have a foundation page that really talks about who they support and you can learn all about their mission. And I think that every business that they really care about, you know, not just giving for the sake of giving should set something like that up. And then everyone who calls you directly to this page and just say, you know, if you fit into these categories and we'd love to get, an, you know, an application view, we'd love to talk about it. And I think that would help weed out some of the more, you know, it's irrelevant for them, but for somebody else, it might be perfectly mission aligned. Yeah, bingo. And then what I would suggest is that if you don't see your your mission on there, you call me and I'll help you to figure out how your mission <laughs> yeah. does align with that. But yeah, that's that's the challenge on our end. But yeah, hundred percent is that is that you you've got to be able to to know your mission and uh, you know and understand that listen, this is something that we want to give. We know lots of places. I, I don't think you know there are, there are lots of places that don't give to schools. 
There are lots of places that only give to schools. So, you know, it, it, there is this absolutely right. It, it, if you know what, you, what you're passionate about and you're, you're very forthright with it, then it's, uh, it's really a, a, no, a no-brainer. It's, on, it's up to the, the person trying to create that partnership to be able to get creative. On both ends, it's more beneficial for it to be mission aligned. You know, they yeah, tech, but if it doesn't go well because they're not seeing the same side of things, then there's really no point to that. Right. And it goes back to what I said, I think, in the beginning, which is that this partnership means not only do you understand your mission, but you understand their mission. So if you understand both, you'll be you'll be set. So do you think that any organization at any stage should really take this idea of a strategic partner seriously or is it something only for large organizations past a certain threshold of budget? Like, what, what do you recommend? I think any organization that has a desire to grow should do this. It doesn't matter if you have zero employees or you have thousands of employees. Any organization, even for profit, right? You need to figure out a way to grow. And I, I don't know any organization that is happy with being stagnant and being still and happy with mediocrity. Um, Because I feel like if you're not trying to grow, uh, and it might not always work, but if you're not trying to grow, then then again, what are you doing it for? So if you if you can actually have that conversation with yourself and with your team and and with your board, and and that's another thing we didn't really talk about is that you know a lot of a lot of these organizations and companies have boards, and the board people are 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 the ones that are kind of directing decisions, and those board people have have passions that they're causes that they're passionate about. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can get to the end game, which is, which is expansion. And I think that every organization should be thinking about not only how I'm going to get the next dollar from a donor or a foundation, but what organization, how can I leverage what I do to, to help what they do? And then for them to see it, and then to understand that together we we can really we can really you know take over the world. Yeah, I love that. So my next question is really about hard to answer because I'm going to ask you to like look into the future a little bit. But I feel like the last three years in particular, just things have changed so much. COVID came, and you know nonprofits had to adapt. And in general, like there's I think there's a lot of change now in terms of like they call it like the great transfer of wealth with millennials you know, being in control of, of more of the wealth than they ever were and Gen Z becoming a big conversation for a lot of different reasons because of their power. So th- we're just in a time that feels to me like a lot of change. Do you see anything really changing in terms of your role? Like what, what do you have to do differently than you had to do in the past? Or what do you think will be different in, over the next, let's say, I don't know, few, three or five years? I think that if you are in touch with what's going on in the world in even a little bit, then you know that there are there are changes that are afoot, there are changes that have happened, changes that are coming. And I think it's our job as an organization to kind of figure out how we can meet those those needs. Right? If if kids are or teenagers or parents are need to be engaged in a certain way, then they they we need to figure out that way. One one thing that I'll tell you is I, I can even take steps even a decade ago where we used to be programs were done in synagogues and shoals and, and, you know, you ran teenage programming there. We started JSU clubs, Jewish student union clubs that we now go to public schools. And we're, you know, we're seeing thousands of kids a year 
in their own schools. Why? Because they're there. So we bring them kosher pizza and we're running events with them, but it's in their school. So it's that kind of thinking that I think NCSY has been on the forefront of, whether it's, uh, you know, there are lots of things that are going to happen programming wise. From a fundraising standpoint, I think we need to be in touch with the programming people and realize that, listen, this is something that we're doing. Um, It's necessary. And then we can go and say, listen, we know because our programming people tell us, we know that this is a need we're, we're acting on it. And I mean, I've got, I've got decks on my desk right now talking about, you know, how we're going to reach the next generation, how we're going to inspire them given everything that's, that's around them. Um, I don't know if your listeners or if you're familiar with the Dilbert comic strips, the Dilbert comic strips are amazing because they talk about the engineer who is Dilbert versus the marketing team. And I always look at myself as the sales guys, the marketing guy. And I always look at the engineers as the programming people, right? So I think, I think every company has this engineer marketing type thing, you know? Well, I told them you could do this. Well, I don't even know how to do this. I know, but I already got the money for it. Hey, you know, it, it, you, have, you have to be in touch. You have to, communication, I tell this to everybody, communication starts with your own, in your own house, right? Your own business, your own organization. So if, if you're communicating well to your team, whether they work for you or they work with you, it doesn't really matter whether you work for them. If you communicate well with what you're trying to do and they communicate well, then it's slam dunk. And I, I think that that will alleviate the challenges because you will know from the programming people, teens aren't interested in A anymore, right? Teens are now concerned about B, right? Teens are now, we're talking about subjects now that I've never even heard of when I was in, when I was a teenager, never. Yeah. Right. And, and, and almost nothing is taboo anymore. Like, yeah, you, people are talking about everything. So, you know, how, how do you deal with that? So you go to the, you know, programs and, and the, the professional, the educators who are, who are very good and realize that this is something that we need to attack. And how, how do we do that? How do, how are we able to give those answers? And that's also where, again, where the partnerships come in, because if we're able, we had a, we had a group of teams that really wanted to get involved with, with Israel advocacy in a big way, in a serious way. And so we, we, we called Stand With Us and Stand With Us came to a, to a, to a program. So they've been partners with us. They've come to programs and they'll present and they're very, very, very good. And, and it, it changes the mindset. So what, you know, would the team get to stand with us without us? No, but the fact that, you know, they're coming to us and the fact that we, we say stand with us is, is good. You kind of put that stamp of approval on on both ends and everybody's happy with it. So the challenges are there, but communication between the different departments in your business, in your organization, in your, in your own, you know, Donald Almos are, are going to be the ones that are going to be able to get you, get you through them. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So if anybody wants to learn more about your role in why or to ask you any questions about episode, how, what's the best way for them to reach you? Sure. The best way to reach me is uh, my email, which is Eisenberg, M-I-S-E-N-B-E-R-G-M at ncsy.org. I'm on LinkedIn and be happy to uh, to reach out to anybody or anyone to reach out to me. I'm happy to talk. I, I really, I enjoy helping people in, in any way that I can. And if it gives them some sort of thesis, then that's great for me. I, I hope it does. But it also it also is massaging myself because I, I like to be able to hear the way other people think. And this even this to be able to talk this out 
you know, is, is something that I think is helpful on, on from, for me, probably more than anyone else, just to be able to understand exactly, you know, where you're at. And I think everyone needs to do this kind of sesh bone of, okay, you, you've been doing this for, even if you've been doing it for a hundred years, right? Where are we at? What are the challenges coming? How are we going to go after them? And and then, uh, but I, I really, uh, I really, uh, I'm open and welcome to talk to anybody and I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And I think you have a lot to offer. So Thank last you. question in one sentence, what would be the main takeaway that you want anyone who listen to this episode to get from it? Okay. So, so I think the, 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 the main takeaway is um, don't be afraid of asking for help. And I will add a little bit of a parenthesis that means help from organizations. It means advice from other people in your role. Don't be afraid because they're going to steal your idea. Don't be afraid because they're going to steal your donor. Just understand that, that, you know, we're all in this for the same purpose. We have different ways of doing it, but don't be afraid of asking for help ever. I love that. Thank you so much, Moshe. This was really, really great. Thanks for being here. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Change the World podcast. If you have any feedback or an idea for my next episode, or if you're a nonprofit leader interested in learning more about how 14 Minds can help your nonprofit, I'd love to hear from you. Just send an email to tsevia at 14minds.com. For more nonprofit content, follow me on LinkedIn or visit 14minds.com. 